everybody and a welcome to or welcome back to After the Leaving. It's your host, Angela. I hope you haven't forgotten me since I'm doing every second week now. I miss it. I absolutely love recording, but I've just had so much on my plate with college. I'm almost done my first year of college, which is insane. I finish at the end of April, but you know what? I've been feeling a lot better recently. It is springtime. The sun is shining. I'm feeling a lot happier. I'm a little bit more settled into my course and I have a good few college friends now, which is great considering we are still online here in DCU. But you know what? We move and I am so excited for this episode. I have I've been wanting to talk about English for so long because the journey I have had with leaving Cert English when I was in fifth and sixth year, oh my, it, it was quite a journey quite a journey and I can't wait to tell you everything that I have learned considering I'm going to have my ninth published article. I am part of Her Campus which is a women's magazine in DCU and it's, it's just been so incredible. I am so proud of the progress I've made because I used to hate English in school. I genuinely used to hate it and you guys will hear me say that all throughout this episode and now I'm going to be sub-editing for the physical copy and I write articles for the digital version and if it wasn't for Leaving Cert English, I wouldn't be where I am today. Also, quote of the week kind of pertains to what I've been talking to. You are not the same person you were a year ago and that's beautiful. I can absolutely vouch for this quote. A lot has changed in a year and I think constantly growing is just such a beautiful thing and even if you look back, say if you're in sixth year, you look back at the start of fifth year, you're a completely different person now. You have learned so many new skills, you have made probably so many new friends and you've just done a lot and obviously COVID has changed a lot of things and you know we have to look at how much growth we have done in the past year and celebrate that. I think that it is just so beautiful that you are not the same person you were a year ago and that you are constantly evolving and changing. And I am very, very proud of you. If whoever is listening to this, I'm super proud of you for becoming the best version of yourself. So this episode is all about how to do well in leaving in English, how to improve I did not get a H1, I have to say. I'm very far off a H1, I have to say. But for myself, I got a H3 and I was very, very happy because I'm a very average English student, I have to say. Very average. I was not a very big reader when I was in primary school and I actually found it really difficult to write essays that were like five pages long. But do you know what? I did a lot of stuff to improve and over quarantine last year, back when I was still in sixth year, technically, (laughs) I, I did a lot of stuff to, you know, get better and I did and I'm really proud of myself and I'm here to share all of that knowledge. So if you're interested in, you know, improving your English, if you're kind of an average student and you want to get, you know, a a h3 h2 then keep on listening 
Now, I'm going to split this episode into paper one and paper two and kind of go through each section and kind of give advice that way. I thought it was the best way to structure this episode. But before I actually get in, English is quite a difficult subject. So if you are struggling and it's not your best subject, that is completely fine. In in the school I went to, they would always say that only 900 students in the entire year got a H1. Think about that. I think that's like three or two percent h1 rate in english really really low so do not beat yourself up if you're not getting those h1s or h2s that you want because english is so so difficult but i have to say it is way more logical and strategic than you think and you can technically learn things off but i would not recommend it because that will not get you the highest mark because if everyone's learning off the same points then the examiner is just seeing the same thing over and over and over and you will not get the highest mark that you possibly can. But if you apply some logic and you always have an essay plan before you start, you can do really, really well if you're not a very creative person. And I have to say, Leaving Cert English isn't that creative to begin with. If like paper one is English language that's a little bit more creative you have more kind of control creative control over your composition and what you write in your part b but paper two is is a lot of just just learning off knowing your key characters themes and scenes as I would say and you know after you leave school after you like stop after you've done the leaving cert you will never actually have to use any of the knowledge that you've learned, like Romeo and Juliet or or not Romeo and Juliet, that was for juniors there, but like whatever, your Shakespeare, your comparative. But the skills that you learn from English will carry you through. And I am telling you, I can vouch for this. PQE point explain quote. I use that every single day, every single day in all of my college essays in when I'm writing my articles for her campus the structure and the logical way you write an essay will always stick with you if you learn how to do it the thing is English is a skill and everyone can learn a skill as long as you practice it and get good at it you can get good at a certain skill and that's all that English is about so I just want to give that little disclaimer before So paper one, paper one is English language. You've got your comprehension. So that's part A. Part B is your little, I don't even know what to call it. I honestly don't know what part B is. It's just a little like written piece. And then you have your composition. I personally found paper one oddly more challenging than than paper two. I I don't know why. But first piece of advice I would say is when you open the paper, read read all the questions read all the questions because paper one is very um question based i'd say there's a lot of like keywords and as long as you understand the keywords then then that's fine there's no like ambiguity in paper one but first thing you do is you always pick your part b because you're not allowed to do part a and part b from the same section am i right yeah so always read your part b The thing with part B is there's a lot of super interesting topics and it's not like the themes that they have for the composition. So 
the whole point of part B is to just get in and get out. It does not have to be long. Three quarters of a page is is more than enough. You should not be spending more than half an hour on part B, but make sure you always choose your part B and then cross out the comprehension that's above that so that you do not get confused because you will lose marks if you do the same comprehension, the same part A and same part B. Do not do that. I really don't have that much advice for part B. I just say practice them because they're always just so random. It'll be like write an introduction to a series of essays or three seconds later it'll be like write a speech for this and then it'll be like write a, a blog. So I'd have to say you know practice all of them. Know how to write different styles of writing. That doesn't make sense. Wow good job Angela. But part B, the whole point is get in, get out. Do not stress about part B. With part A, the comprehension. The comprehension is very overlooked. I have to say, I did not practice the comprehensions enough. But the whole thing with the comprehension is there's three questions. The second question, when I was doing it, always had something to do with paper two. And like your texts always came up. But in 2020, that didn't happen. With part A, know your basic features of different types of writing. That is so, so, so important. So know the features of fiction. Know the features of personal. Know the features of discursive. Because that's all the questions are. The questions will ask you, what are the features and how does this apply to the comprehension? Did the comprehension do this, that, and the other? It's very strategic if you know the functions or the features you will do absolutely fine. And remember to look at the marks. So if it's if it's 12 marks, it's three points by four marks. And every question, so say question one, that's an entire page. Then you flip over question two is the entire page. Make sure that it's structured so that it is easy for the examiner. Also, when the examiner gets your paper, he lo- he flicks through it so that it's neat. Make sure that your exam paper for English is very, very neat and put together because it will be so much more easier, so much more easier, so easy for the examiner to give you marks and see if you are structured and you have paragraphs. Please, please don't forget paragraphs. That is so important in English. It will make your work so much neater, so much more organized, and you will get a lot more marks if you have a structured paper. And moving on to the composition. It's not as creative as you guys think. It's really not. Choose one genre of language and practice, 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 practice. Don't be afraid to experiment, especially if you're still in fifth year or even at the start of sixth year. Write a personal essay. Give it up to your teacher. See, see, do you like personal essays? Remember, a personal essay is all about reflection. It is not a summary of your life. I have made that mistake so many times and I've been punished so many times over it. Okay, then, you know, if you really like the personal essay and you get a good mark on the personal essay, Practice, 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 practice personal essays. Say personal essay, not your thing. Like it wasn't for me. Try the discursive essay. Choose a topic and just just write. You don't even, like the thing with the composition is just the more you practice that style, you get used to it and you know kind of the topics that they might ask, even though some of them are so random. 
you will get a lot better. So say you're really, really good at speeches and you know all the features of a speech and you can write a really good speech. Stick to that. Don't don't try change. The short story always comes up. Now do not fall into the trap. Do not do the short story because everyone will do the short story. And if the examiner is reading 20 short stories about um, a random love story, you won't get high marks. The examiner will be bored. You really, With English, you really have to put yourself in the examiner's shoes because they are reading scripts and scripts and scripts. You want to stand out. You want the examiner to put the pen down and actually engage and read your composition or or your essay or whatever they're reading. Just to finish up on paper one, I have to say it's all about practicing. Write at least one composition a week and hand it up to your teacher and make sure you read the feedback and just keep on practicing. Honestly, paper one, a lot of people say you can't study for paper one, but as long as you know the features of writing and it's organized and your timing is good, then you should be good for paper one. Nice exam. Just make sure that you aren't writing too much, you aren't writing too little, and you aren't summarizing your life in the personal essay because you will get a H6 and you will cry about it <laughs> like I did. Oh, also, one more thing I would like to add about paper one. How I improved in English in general, or especially in paper one, was I used to just read articles from newspapers and magazines from different genres every morning when I was going to school. So I loved The Guardian because they had a little tab where it was like opinion, blog, style, um, politics, whatever, that you could choose any article that you want and what that does is it really helps you get used to the type of language because a political essay is very 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 different to an essay about handbags and like a style essay do you do you get the idea i always read the ones that interested me but i always tried to kind of mix it up a little bit i wouldn't only read you know the style ones or i wouldn't only read the new news ones you know I definitely mixed it up and that way you kind of get used to it and you get some like inspo for your own compositions and it's quite good for the part b because you're you're reading different things that other people have just written not just the leaving cert text you know really really good I really recommend that takes about 10 minutes out of your day 15 max you don't even have to analyze it I know my teacher used to always be oh make sure you analyze the article you don't even have to if it is interesting you will be engaged and you will recognize the features of the writing itself without having to analyze it so I would definitely 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 recommend that I read things from the Guardian were really good but if you have another magazine or newspaper that you like that's online fab go for that okay moving on to paper two a lot more things you can learn off in this paper (laughs) i have to say english isn't that creative i've told you guys and paper two oh god oh god paper two is is just such such a change from paper one so paper two is the english literature paper and you know what let's just hop in let's hop in (laughs) 
single text. I did Hamlet, cried over Hamlet. My one of my amazing friends used to just always write my essays for me and give me essay plans. Couldn't do without him. Know your key characters, themes, and scenes. Engrave that into your head. Just key characters, themes, and scenes. Okay. Take note of the little details. That's what makes your essay kind of spicy. If you're just like, if you notice this one detail that you think is relevant to the point that you're making, then then just add that in because the examiner will be reading so many key characters, scenes, and themes that if you have a little bit of like spice in there, that will get you extra marks. Please do not summarize. Please do not summarize. The examiner knows the story of Hamlet or King Lear or Othello or whatever. They know They know the story, okay? You have to make your point and then just use references, no quotes. You don't have to have a quote in every single paragraph. That's a really big misconception. You do not need to have 20 million quotes in your essay. Don't do that. That will just get annoying and it's a lot of just hassle for you to think of what quote is right as long as you reference it and your reference makes sense and validates the point that you're making amazing fabulous make sure that you always 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 have an essay plan for your single text please do not go in blindly please and make sure that there is a structure so one point one paragraph If you're saying that Hamlet is selfish, you say Hamlet is selfish because this, 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 here is a quote or a reference to support this. Back to the point, he is selfish. Next thing, Hamlet is lonely. Hamlet is lonely because this, 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 make your quote, reference the text, whatever. Keep on going that way. It is very structured, very easy to get marks and make sure you are answering the question. Do not go off tangent. You can practice your single text essays until you are blue in the face. As long, I'm telling you, make mind maps and you don't need to know every single thing that happens. You just need to know your key characters, themes and scenes. I will say that over and over and over And if you have a little bit of spice in there too, brilliant. Moving on to comparative. I have to say, (laughs) I did not know how to write a comparative essay until like four months before my leaving cert. I found comparative really difficult because I had no idea how to write a comparative essay. And I'm here to tell you how to do it, okay? Because I worked so hard on comparative during quarantine to the point where I was getting like H1s and H2s and I was so incredibly proud of myself. Make sure that you know your mode inside out. So I did cultural context and literary genre, but for 2021, I think you only need to know one, which is brilliant. Do not summarize your texts, please. So make your point in text one, then make sure you link it to text two And then make sure you link all of that to text three. Do not have three different paragraphs. It is called comparative for a reason. You have to compare and contrast. I did a lot more contrasting than I did comparing most of the time. But that's okay. 
make sure you shake it up a little bit. Again, this is where the essay plan comes in very, very useful. I have to say you don't have to know your comparative text as much in detail as you do your single text. As Again, char key characters, themes, and scenes. I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing me say that. The thing with comparative is there's a lot of just make sure you have a lot of linking words because that's what gets the examiner going. Uh, the, the linking words that would be in contrast to compare in this may be black and white, but in this it is more gray, something like that. That was a terrible example, but you guys get the idea. You make sure that you interlace all of your text this will come with practice just please do not write three paragraphs and also the two-part question the 30 mark and 40 mark is way easier to do than the 70 mark i'm just saying way easier the 70 mark question way overrated and last thing is poetry oh my god did i hate poetry with my entire soul is she was my arch nemesis with unseen poetry if i'm very honest i think i pride didn't practice that at all i didn't practice and i should have but what you do with unseen poetry is you know the features of poetry and you just put them on the page obviously you have to make them like apply to the poem you should only spend about 20 minutes on that question please do not stress about it but do practice it because it's actually kind of difficult to think of features of a poem on the spot. It's not just like a Hamlet essay where you can just be like, oh, he's lonely because of this. You have to be like, the metaphor in this line. A lot more difficult than you think. But with practice, unseen poetry, not that hard. For prescribed poetry, we were always told to learn five poets in 2021. You only need to know four learn seven poems from each poet now i know that is that's kind of hard seven by four 28 poems that you're probably never going to use in your life again kind of difficult and a waste of time i completely agree with that but as long as those poems have different themes in them and they can kind of apply to different questions you're good to go Again, know the features, know like a couple of quotes. You do not need to learn off the entire poem. I swear, if somebody is learning off Dickinson or Boland, some of those poems, I swear, are like mini novels. Do not learn the poem off, just learn the quote and what the quote means. And if it has a metaphor, a simile, all of those fancy words that I have now forgotten, <laughs> just learn off the quote and what the quote means and how it applies. And that's good. With poetry, again, do not summarize the poem. I will say that. Do not. The, po the examiner knows what the poem is about. They have probably read the poem. Not probably. They have most definitely read the poem and know what the poem is about. You need to show what the poet is saying and how the poet says it, which is really important. I remember hearing that in class all the time. So what the poet says, so the poet says that they're feeling really sad. How do they say it? They say it by using um, a metaphor to describe how sad they are. That's a very bad example, but that's how you answer a poetry question. I have to say poetry is, is tough. It's tough, and I really didn't like it. 
but with practice all of these all of these essays with practice you will do amazing and I'd say also read other people's essays critically analyze your friend's essays not in like a mean way in like a nice way if your friend is better at English than you read their essay and take some inspiration English is all about kind of stealing other people's ideas and making them sound like your own I'm not saying plagiarize I'm just saying take some inspiration (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and got some insight into it um if you have any questions you know you can always reach out follow the instagram at after the leaving podcast and i'll see you guys in two weeks bye